Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Praise God. Turn to your Bibles to the book of Philippians chapter 4. Also, we'll be reading from Numbers chapter 33. Philippians chapter 4. Numbers chapter 33. We will start with Numbers 33 and verse 50. I greet all of you in the name of Jesus. We serve a God that has a name that is above every name. Do you believe that? His name is the greatest name that could ever be mentioned. Somebody shout Jesus. Hallelujah. How excellent is thy name in all the earth. Praise God. Better than any name above or any name beneath. A name that is exalted. High and lifted up. Let me know his train fills the temple. Nothing like him. There's nobody like him. Oh my goodness. He's the all existing one. Self-sufficient one. Praise God. We need him. I said we need him today. I'm glad I serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Everything else is subservient to him. At the mention of his name, demons begin to tremble. Hell begins to fear. Cancers can begin to shrivel. Tumors can disappear. Marriages can be put back together. Minds can be fixed. Fear dissipates. Why? There's power in the name of Jesus. I want somebody to shout, there's power in the name of Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, there's power in the name of Jesus. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. To break every chain, to break every chain. I'm telling you, 2023, there's an army rising up. Yeah, there's an army rising up. They're sick of mediocrity and complacency and nothing going on. There's an army rising up this morning to break every chain. Somebody shout to break every chain. Hallelujah. The revival that comes to us is going to happen first with us. Do you believe that? It will be because of us, but will happen because it starts with us. In the book of Numbers, chapter 33, verse 50, I give honor to my mom and dad, and what a powerful first word we had today. It was so amazing. What a move of God. Amen. When God hides himself. When God hides himself. I, um, let's start reading. Numbers 33 and 50. And the Lord spake unto Moses in the plains of Moab by Jordan near Jericho, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel. I am here in the Holy Ghost to speak to the people of God. I am right now. What I'm going to tell you is very strong. It's going to be instructive, inspirational, but convicting. 
Because if we don't get this right, what you want God to do in your family is not going to happen. If you don't get this right. And he goes on and says, When ye are passed over Jordan into the land of Canaan. That's the promised land. That's not, talk, that's not symbolic to heaven. That's symbolic to my place in God, which is the kingdom of God on the earth now. It's what we would call in the church. Not the building, but in the church. In the kingdom of God. It's a promised land. He said, Then ye shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you and destroy all their pictures and destroy all their molten images and quite pluck down all their high places. He said, When you get to the promised land, I'm giving you authority to drive out what has possessed the land for years. I'm giving you authority over them, authority over the enemy, authority over the Canaanites. But here's what you have to do. You've got to remove their pictures from your walls. You've got to remove their idols from your houses. You've got to take their, down their high places, which was areas of their worship that it, it produced and propagated sensuality, immorality to, un, um, to false gods. And he said, and ye shall dispossess the inhabitants of the land and dwell there. Let me, let me just say this. You will never have authority over the enemy if you are entertained by the enemy. If there's no difference between your home and the, and the, and the atheist home in the entertainment, you're never going to have victory. If what they promote from Hollywood can go to every house, including the people of God, you will never have authority to possess what God has for you. Now it's quiet, but it's right. We talk about revival. We talk about having authority, but yet no filter on what we watch, hear, and then speak. Because what you watch, what you hear, will be what you speak. I, I thought yesterday, meditating on this service, what would happen if we had a creative mind like God instead of an entertained mind like the world? From here, I would like to talk to you on simply how to filter media. How to filter media before you're seated because we are a victorious people. I want you to shout with a great shout. Would you do that? I want you to shout. <laughs> Come on, praise Him. Praise Him. Glory to God. I feel victory in the building. I feel God doing something in the house. Come on, clap your hands and praise Him. You, you may be seated. I, I see in the Word something standing out here. It is that when the children of Israel 
were going to arrive in the land that was prophesied, known as the promised land. It is a land that flows with milk and honey. When the spies went in Numbers 13 and saw the land, they said, surely this is it. This is the land, and we are well able to possess it, Caleb said. There were, there were so many massive amounts of grapes, and they saw the fruit of the land and said, this is what God has chosen for us, and they went there. And how many know God gave them the land? Praise God. Whatever God says is going to happen is going to happen. If he said there's a promise, it's for you to receive it. Amen. You can have it today in Jesus' name. He said, but when you get there, he said, Moses, tell them that when they get to the land, he said they are to drive out the inhabitants of the land. Those that have possessed the land, you've got to remove from the land. They were called Canaanites. They were warned about Canaanites. If you allow them among them, the blessing of the Lord will not remain there. Drive them out. When you get to the land, and he said, and you move in the houses that you did not build, and how many know they moved in the houses they didn't build? They ate fruit from trees they didn't plant. They drank from wells they didn't even dig. They went there and took possession of a land that God said they would possess. He said, but when you move into the houses, he said, you've got to drive out what has been there. I, I, I fear today as, as the apostolic church that we are comfortable cohabitating in the land of promise with the enemy that has formerly possessed it and bound it with ungodliness and false doctrine and uncleanness and idolatry and witchcraft and things of that nature. And uh, I feel that God, when I talk about land, you think of demographical uh, culture, you think of the land of, of Ohio, you have a bunch of Buckeyes in the room today, you think of just the land. But I'm not just talking about the land, I'm talking about the atmosphere of the land. When you come here that God said, I've got something better for there than what was there. And when we get here, we find the demographics of this land is that a 64% divorce rate is in this land. 43% of babies are born out of wedlock. We find that 43% of 43-year-old women have abortions. We find the chaos and the confusion of addiction. And matter of fact, it was either here or I was possibly going to go to Appleton, Wisconsin the year that I was coming. Somebody really felt that we were supposed to go there, even bought a house for us to move there and be a youth pastor. I couldn't find it in the spirit. This is where God chose me. In that city, it was the top 10 cities to raise your family. In this city, in the same demographic size, this was the top 10 places not to raise your family. I didn't come here because I scoped out the statistics and said, this seems to be a safe place for my children. I didn't come here for a job or an opportunity. It's not why I moved here. I came here because God said there's going to be a deliverance here. There's going to be a revival here. There's going to be a powerful move of his spirit here. Can I tell you today, I understand where I'm at. 
I love southeastern Ohio. I love this city today very, very much. I have zero regrets of moving here. But I come to say to you, there has to get something down on the inside of you that says I'm not content being in the church and allowing demonic activity in the same city. I can't just be here in the church and allow the prince of the power of the air to go ahead and do whatever he wants. Can I remind you, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Ye have overcome them little children. I come to preach to you there is a revival that is unprecedented and bigger than you've ever seen. But it's not going to happen being casual, mediocre, complacent. Go for the motions. God requires an altar from somebody that will build an altar before the Lord. Somebody shout amen. He said, and when you get there, I have given you authority over it. Can I say to you, I believe we have authority over the Canaanites. I'm not talking about people. I'm not speaking about people. I'm ta- I believe that the Canaanites represented a, 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 a spiritual authority. I believe you'd study long enough. You'd find the cities, the nations they conquered, represented different flavors of spiritual authority that was against them. The Canaanites were very sensual, very, very divisive, very cunning. And he said, when you get there, he said, I've given you authority to drive it out. I just feel like telling you, you might have come to the church and there was chaos and confusion, but there is power in the Holy Ghost to drive out every bit of chaos and confusion in your family, in your life, in your mind. Somebody shout amen. He said drive them out. Look at your neighbor and say, God's given us the authority to drive it out. Why is it when I travel, when I evangelize, I'm preaching, 40 plus churches a year and I go to one there was liberty people run to the altar could hardly get through my message without people running to the altar liberty people being delivered I can go down the road to another city I'd preach my best preach my hardest nothing happened beg people come to the altar I'll tell you why because one place there was spiritual liberty and authority and the other one was just having church they hadn't broke through yet. In a maybe, maybe there wasn't a revival prayer yet that was happening. Why is that? Because he 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 said there are strongholds. He said, How can you spoil the strong man's house except first ye bind the strong man? How do you bind the strong man? He said, Some things only happen by prayer and fasting. I, I fear that when we get to the church that we, we, we can focus more on a better life instead of what God wants in us. Well, my emotions are settled now. and I, I, I'm saved now. I've got eternal life now. And, and we go in and you go back home after you've been baptized and filled with the Spirit. And you go back home and, and you let the same channels play on your television. And the same radio stations and the same websites on your phone. And it's not long until you're back to where you were. He said, because in this place, which is called the kingdom of God, in this place, which is called the kingdom of God, he said, he said, you you, you can't live in this kingdom like you did in that kingdom. Well, I'm American. Could I tell you? America is not the church. The church is in America. Somebody shout hallelujah. He teaches us in his writings of the scripture. He said that, that, that we are a holy people. And he said, come out from among them and be what? Everybody say separate, said the Lord. He said, touch not the unclean thing. 
He said, you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy, everybody say holy nation, a peculiar people. And you should show forth your praises to him that called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I know it's not comfortable, but there's some movies that don't play in this nation. There's some music that shouldn't be listened to in this nation. There's some news avenues we shouldn't be lending our ear to in this nation. Young people, there's some video games that shouldn't be played in this nation. There's some phone apps and people to follow that shouldn't be in this. Come on, you're quiet. But I come to tell you, we're a holy nation. I said we are a holy nation. Somebody shout, we are a holy nation. I, I, I fear today that the reason we don't have breakthroughs is because we've learned to be entertained by the spirit that we're supposed to possess and overcome. You believe it's true? We had three preachers in a row, four including our assistant pastor, Brother Cody, came to this church and said, you need to remove the unclean things from your house I was at a men's conference and I was preaching in Florida and I was going to preach an old message I preached about mold in my house how many remember the message I preached mold in my house I was leaning against the fence and I was staying and where brother sister Tackett live in Snowbird and I was out there by the alligator pond riding my bike and I was leaning against that pond and I was contemplating pondering what I was going to preach at that men's conference in Florida and I was couldn't get that old message mold in my house while I was leaning against that my, my phone received a text from my buddy Josh Carson and he texted he said I can't get the word mold out of my mind I feel like you're supposed to be preaching about mold that was confirmation what I found is that when the children of Israel arrived in the promised land the law in Leviticus said that when you get there and you move into those houses that you didn't build, that would have been stone-walled homes. When you get in there and all of a sudden you move your stuff in there and you, it's the portion of the land that's been given to you as Joshua divided up the land. When you get there and you move into that house and all of a sudden you wake up one day and you see red and yellow streaks on the wall. He said, call the priest. Get the priest. Look at your neighbor and say, you need the preacher in your life. Have him to come to your house. Get out of the house and let him see if it's leprosy in your house. And when he came in there, would see because leprosy had a certain look to it. A, it was a type of mildew that was in the wall that was struck by God that would be in that house. That they would have to move everything out or everybody would be considered unclean. Is it possible to live for God and be unclean? That's why some of you can only handle so much social media because you start feeling dirty. That's why you turn, oh, it's so quiet because I'm right. You keep turning it off and turning it on. Turn this on, turn this off. Why? Because after a while you start seeing stuff in your life you're not supposed to be seeing. He said, we didn't get there. You start seeing things in the house. He said, step away. Get the preacher in. Get the priest and the priest to come in and examine the house 
Pastor, I don't need you in my house. Let's just talk about this for a minute. What if I came to your house? Started looking through the home. I'm not inviting myself, just to be clear. Would you allow the preacher to walk down your, your, your entertainment catalog? Or would you say, honey, I'd be ashamed he saw that in our house. I'd be ashamed he knew our kids were doing this in our house. I'd be... know if I've ever been invited to come and judge the home that you live in but if I came would you be ashamed or not I asked somebody one time I showed up they said I, I thought you'd be here so I dressed different I said it's not me you need to be worried about why? Because what was on the inside knew what was on the outside wasn't right. I submit to you on this Sunday morning 11 a.m. service that there's more to Holy Ghost than speaking in tongues. There has to be something in you that understands if it's not right, I don't want it in my house. What I found out is the Canaanites understood we cannot conquer the Jews when they come. Jericho walls fall, Red Sea split. These things happen when they show up. We can't conquer them. But you know what the Canaanites did? They buried their idols in their homes, in the foundations, in the walls. And God would reveal to them what was hidden in their house by the leprosy on the walls. Because God did not intend for you to live in a house that had idolatry in it, witchcraft in it, unrighteousness in it. Come on, there's more to living for God and feeling holy on Sunday and struggling all week. Can I preach to you today? Somewhere you got to learn to have victory on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You got to learn to be able to pray with authority at the house just like you can on a Sunday night service. Oh, I wish I had a few elders in the building would jump to your feet and help me preach for a minute. There's got to get somebody that says, I want to be holy as he is holy. Look at your neighbor and say, clean your house. Pastor's coming. Time for inspection. I'm going to tell you this, Jesus sees in your house. He says, when you get to the promised land, he said, I want you, I'll never forget preaching this verse. When you get to the Canaanite, when you get to Canaan land, drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you and destroy all their pictures. They were very artistic ability. And I can see, even though it was immoral and represented the gods they worshipped, their culture would have been represented on the walls of their house. He said, when you get there, he said, tear those pictures out. But you know how hard it is to get rid of good art? I, I, I know it's not real appropriate, but look how they, look at the different colors they use and, 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 and look, at the, look at the way they did this. Isn't it amazing the artistic ability they have for the picture? It doesn't matter how gifted it is if it's not holy. It doesn't belong in my home. Every person in witchcraft can teach you that spirits 
travel through images. Everybody in witchcraft will tell you that. They learn access through images. My brother came and preached a powerful message here. I'm going longer than I wanted, but I'm just going to do what I feel. We have a holiday today. Amen. We might as well preach all the way through tonight. Listen, listen to me. My brother came here and he preached about when the devil is cast out of a person. I've seen it many times. Dad, I remember that one lady cast out 21 devils out of her that time. She, she got possessed. She was playing with Ouija boards. Remember that? Spirit activity in her home. Spiritual possession in her own life. I watched. I, I knew her son went to school with her son. I watched the lady be delivered of, of demonic spirits. He said, but when a person is delivered of a demonic spirit, that means person that's possessed, that means they have possession of you. That's why some of these evil crimes are not done because of just criminal minds that we make excuses for. Some of it is demonic possession. I know, know of an apostolic cop in Florida. There was a terrible massacre that happened and, and uh, the cop that arrested him was apostolic. He said that man was so possessed by the devil. Do you believe in this? Or we so reality TV'd out that we don't understand spiritual things in 2023. It's not just another show. People are struggling because the Canaanites had possession of the land. Oh God, help me preach right now. And what you'll find is he said when you cast out a demon that they will go and they will look for they will, they will go to different houses and then they'll return with seven times as many. And they will see the house garnished and decorated. I've never heard it preached like it but my brother preached in that same time that this verse came out in my spirit. It was simply this. When he comes back and sees that you've moved stuff back into your life that invites the devil and said you're welcome back here. He's coming back in. He said, you can decorate yourself and your life and the things you watch and you, that, that causes the devil to feel right at home when he shows back up. I don't want the devil to come back in me, come back in my life and feel he's welcome in my home. I want him to see the word in my house. For the word says, if ye abide in me and my word abides in you, you shall ask what you will. And it shall. It shall be done. Hallelujah. Come on, I feel fear from some of the people of God in here right now because you're afraid I'm going to step into your life and you're going to have to make some changes. But I'm going to tell you, if you don't make changes, you're never going to see what God wants to do. But if you'll change, you're going to see growth and healing and power. Somebody shout, I want it. Brother Nehemiah Gators, I want to see a church that's so powerful in God that sinners tremble when they drive down Pine Street. I want to see a revival that's so powerful that every backslider wakes up in a backslidden stupor and says, I'm going home. I want to see a revival that's bigger than a city. It impact. I want to see a revival. Come on, it's New Year's Day. We don't have anything we have to do except right now. I'm focusing on the next year. I want to be what God wants me to be. Dad, I'll never forget you telling me about that story, about that man that preached and nothing would happen. Preached and nothing would happen. Preached and nothing would happen. Finally, he stopped preaching and went up in the mountain and prayed. He prayed eight hours a day. Am I telling the truth? In that book, eight hours a day he go pray. When he come back down after prayer, guess what happened? People started running to the altar and repenting. 
You know why? Because he found a place of prayer. Found a place of prayer. I've come to teach you here for a few moments today. and People aren't mad and leaving while I'm preaching right now. They're, they're headed to help in McConnellsville. He said, remove the pictures. And when I saw this, it hit me. Sitting right there when Bobby Wade said, the Lord said. Numbers 33, 52. Remove the pictures from your houses. Instantly, I thought it's now moving, moving pictures. It's somehow the devil gets his foot in the door and in your life. Just not long. You can't feel God when you pray. And at least, and at you can't even pray. Some of you have asked before you got here, I wonder why I can't pray at home and read my Bible. I've come to give you the answer today, if you'll bear with me for a moment, because you've got pictures on the walls that God's not pleased with. The reason you can't fund to pray and intercede and get to where you need to be and you can't feel at home what you feel at church is because there's things there that God does not approve of. I know we're quiet. It's happy time. We've eaten a lot of turkey and ham. But listen to me. Is God welcome in your house or does the devil feel more welcome at your house? This is what he said would happen if you don't. He says, And ye shall dispossess the inhabitants of the land and dwell therein, for I have given you the land to possess it. And ye shall divide the land by lot for an inheritance among your families. And to the more you shall give the more inheritance, and to the fewer you shall give the less inheritance. Every man's inheritance shall be in the place where his lot falleth. According to the tribes of your fathers, you shall inherit. Verse 55, I want you to see what it says. Are you all with me right now? But if you will not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, and it shall come to pass that those which you let remain of them shall be pricks in your eyes, thorns in your sides, and shall vex you in the land wherein you dwell. Why is it you struggle in the land of promise? Because there's Canaanites allowed in your life. Ungodly, unholy, unrighteous, confusion. You're acting like this is the first time you've heard it, but I've taught it many times. Why do I feel vexed in the land of joy? There's a principle that I've learned even recently. Brother Cross and I were talking about it. The Bible says the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's what? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You cannot get those out of order. Righteousness comes first, followed by peace, and after peace, he will give you joy. But you have to be righteous before peace will come. And peace will always bring joy into your life. What do I do, Pastor? I'm going to tell you what to do. You've got to learn to filter the pictures in your life. Because there's also moving pictures that we use. And it's called YouTube and, and live stream and we get holy things. I've been blessed so many times by a video of a conference or a church service. Somebody, somebody recently told me this. I'm so blessed by the anchor. Just this week, I was preaching in North Carolina. And they said, oh, we, he said, my wife and I watch every service just about. He said, we're online members. He said, the anchor has blessed us. 
The question is, how do we balance the screen? How do we balance media in our life? And I've, I'm going to help you today because I'm not saying you can't do without a screen because it would be hypocritical of me when I have a phone, an iPad, and we got that on the platform. How do you balance it? Let's go to the Word and find balance. Are you all ready? How many are nervous in the building? 75% of you. Philippians 4 and 1. Let's read it. We're going to do a Bible study here. I preach the heart of what I'm saying. Uh, Why am I vexed, Pastor? I'm going to tell you how to get unvexed. Righteous, peace, and joy. How many want 2023 to be your best year ever? Watch and see. All the prophecies we've heard, I believe, are going to be released this year. I'm going to talk about it tonight. I believe it. I believe it's going to be released this year. Let there be a hearty amen. Philippians 4 and 1. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. He said, I beseech Yodius and beseech Sinecuk that they be of the same mind in the Lord, and I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow. Help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. He says, verse 4, he said, Rejoice in the Lord when? Always. And again, I say, rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. So he's, he's talking about you, you, need to, you need to be praying at all times. And it goes on and says, verse 7, And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Do you believe that? He's not only going to keep your heart, He's going to keep your mind. For we're not given to a spirit of fear, but of love, peace, and somebody shout, a sound mind. Let's read on. And so he says, he says this, verse 8, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, Think, think on these things. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. There's a father up above. That's looking down in love. We, we act as if, Sister Lewis, it's a song you sang to those children for over 30 years of teaching. But it's not just for the children. It's for adults for the rest of your life. You have to be careful what you see. What you hear or it will always end up in your thoughts. For the Lord is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. The reason we can't have faith is because our mind has been polluted by unbelief. A carnal mind is enmity with God. And if we allow the Canaanites to influence our emotions... We will never see God for who He is 
and see God for what he's about to do in our family. Don't think for a minute. The agendas of society are not to be used as the spirit of the Antichrist to change you from looking toward Christ instead of looking toward another. Another word Brother Woodward teaches for Antichrist is the word instead of Christ. It's the option of Christ. And the danger of media, and I'll get back to what I'm saying here in just a moment, but the danger of media is that it creates an option, it creates an option of Christ in your world. Instead of the word, it's YouTube. Instead of the word, instead of a burden to pray, it's Instagram. Am I right or wrong? And what happens is, instead of we putting entertainment in a place that can be used for good, which is hard, we allow it to rule our life as Christians and only get from God on Sunday what we should have on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I'm not against entertainment. It would be hypocritical for me to say that. But what I'm saying is we as a body have to put entertainment in its place. If entertainment is not governed, it becomes the substitute for people that you love. You will choose, you will choose a screen over the presence of somebody you love almost every time if you create an entertained mind. Listen to pastor for a minute. We have people that text instead of talk. Isn't it amazing that it used to be Morse code and dot, dot. And now we're back to Morse code. I mean, young people sit right across from each other. And the fact of the matter is, is that we have more connections than ever Dad, you said it today. People are lonelier and more disconnected than I've ever seen because the relationships are built on screens and not in person. Here's a rhetorical question, although I think I have the answer. Would Jesus have ever owned a cell phone? Would he have a relationship with you that just... Or is he Emmanuel being interpreted God with us? I want to tell you why marriages are suffering because they're phone-centered instead of presence with each other centered. You have to learn to put it in its place or it will take over your emotions. I want every lady in the room to listen to me right now. Some men, but mostly ladies. If you're not careful, social media will cause you to live in comparison, which is the thief of joy. Always seeing what you're not instead of seeing who you are. We tell our kids you shouldn't eat that, that's bad for you. But can I tell you, as food is to the body, media is to the soul and the spirit and the emotions of a human being. How many believe that? I, uh, I feel it's, it's imperative that I talk about this today because the Lord dealt with me about this. Because in the month of January, we're going to fast all entertainment starting on the 10th, minimally the 10th, and going all the way for 21 days or three weeks. They say every habit can be broken in three weeks. I realize it's holiday right now, and you've got things, your kids are out of school, but, but from the 10th, minimally from the 10th to the 31st, I'm asking this church, no screen time. And I knew when I'd say it, you'd get mad at me. 
was at one church, I was preaching for Brother Tuttle, and I stopped at the end, and I caught him on a three-day fast, and I got out of town. It was longer than that, actually. And uh, he said, man, I think our people don't like you right now. I forget what day it was in their long fast. I caught them on. But here's what I feel. You, you, you are going to have some, I can't believe pastor's done this. I know the social media, and media that's an outlet of communication, use that. And, but you've got to balance that. Some of it, your businesses are operating through there. I, I, I understand that. I realize we get on there to watch stuff. But typically, if you're reading your Bible on your phone, you end up on Facebook. I think, I think that we got to guard that. And when I say no entertainment, I mean no entertainment. Because I'm going to tell you where our culture's at. We are so out of balance that we can't feel emotion for people nowadays. I'm telling you, social media, media steals your emotions. Robs you until you're numb. I've never met so many numb people in all my life. I deal with it constantly. All over. When I'm traveling, all over, the Lord reveals it. I go up to preachers' wives and people. God has revealed this to me. And listen to me what I'm telling you. We have got, as a church, to say we cannot be fooled by culture. We've got to be what God. I just want to ask you a question in your silence. Do you want to be everything God wants you to be? Do you want a powerful altar in your life? Or do you want it to be mundane and just barely get? I'm telling you, God's going to open up the fountain of emotion in your life. You're going to love like you've never loved. You're going to feel like you've never felt. You're going to have more joy than you've ever had. But there's got to be some fasting and disconnect for a period of time for that to happen. I have, I have in my house, uh, I have in my house, bring me the first one, uh, the clean one. We do this at our house because I love my family. And uh, look at that. You know what that is? That's a furnace filter. And uh, my wife here now, she says, you changed that furnace filter? Sort of like leaving the trash can in the back of the truck moment. You know what I mean? I said, you know what I did the other day? There's been times I said, I forgot. And I noticed that the, the, the furnace at that moment is working. But the West is working a whole lot harder at that moment. And I'll go and... I'll, I'll pull that out. And I'm going to show you why you have furnace filters. Bring that one. Now, when I, because I'm a little cheap sometimes, when I pull them out, I do like this. See if I can see any light through it. If you got a little bit of light, I can stick it back in there for a few weeks. Amen. That's cheap. They're not, they're not, they're not. They're expensive. I put that in there. You know why? So stuff in the air won't get inside my family. I, I put it through there because, and maybe they say to change it every month and a half. That was probably a little bit longer than a month and a half. <laughs> you look at that. That's in, that's, I couldn't see it, but it's in my house. Until the sun was shining through the window, then I see it floating everywhere. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, look at that. You got filters on your water, filters on your furnace, but no filter on your phone, no filter on your screen. And I know I've been talking, you talk media, you talk young people. I'm telling you, the reason young people can't pray is because of video games and social media, and the reason old people can't pray because of news. 
I got all of you. It's the truth. It's the truth. Lonely, elderly people need noise in the house, and it's bad stuff floating through there. You weren't made to process every single bad thing on the earth with 8 billion people. You can't, you can't let social media scroll until you see every chaotic thing, until you're losing your own mind. You can't separate what you see in entertainment from the effect it makes on you on real emotions. You watch a scary movie, you get scared. Watch a love movie, you get emotional. And you've only, listen to me, you've only got so much emotion to pour out. Once it's gone, it's empty. And I'm not so sure that by the time we get to the altar with God, we don't have anything to give Him. Because we spend it on entertainment of worlds that don't even exist. And we become living for God without a burden. Living for God without compassion. Living for God without mercy and grace. Why? Because media has taken everything that we should have poured on the Lord first. Brother Edwards made a great statement in our first word. And he said this. He said, if the first thing you do is reach for a phone, you've already lost your day. I come today in the Holy Ghost to tell you that we got to put some filters and stops on what we feel is now essential to our own emotion. Your way of resting is by watching something. That shouldn't be our go-to every day. Every now and then maybe. But not every single day. Y'all believe what I'm telling you is true? Sure is quiet in here. But it's right. You, you don't raise your hands, but how many of you are frustrated with being so unemo, uh, emotionally unstable? Don't raise your hand. I'm going to tell you what it's linked to. It's linked to you can't get flow like you used to. It's clogged up. Your mind can only take so much. That's what your mind looks like right now. God, look at each other and say, I'm sorry. Young people, I want you to all stand. Stand. Try to have a conversation and can't because you can't think of anything to say. You know why? Because your filter clogged up. Y'all hear me? Conversations are so limited. People can't think and finish sentences because of that. What do we do? It's time to change the filter and turn it off for a period of time and say, you know what? I want to be the best husband. I want to be the best parent. I want to be the best saint. And I want to have the best altar I've ever had. See, I was preaching a while ago. I'm teaching right now, but it's the same result. We've got to get to a place where we're right with God. I want you to stand to your feet all over the building. Do I believe God's going to respond to our altar? He always does. Dad and Mom, over the years, and thank you for having such a holy home because the atmosphere of our house was always so wonderful. Thank you. But I look over the years and think of the years that we had breakout revivals. They were almost always in January. That was great results. You know why? Because we did fasting and prayer. Fasting and prayer always brings 
a result. The Bible says in Proverbs 16 and 3, it says, Commit thy works unto the Lord and thy thoughts. Everybody grab your hand and put it on your head. Thy thoughts shall be established. If you will commit thy works unto the Lord. Everything I do is unto God. I love my wife unto God. Love my children under the Lord. I go to work today to provide for my family and the kingdom of God. Commit your works unto the Lord and your what? Thoughts. How many's ever been there where your thoughts weren't established? I've been there. Couldn't get a hold of my mind. Anybody ever been there? I've been there. But he said, but if you'll commit your works unto the Lord, your thoughts shall be established. I have a question for you today. Do you want to entertain a mind or a mind that God created to be creative and thoughtful and powerful? Psalms 119 and 9, if they'll come to the music. Haven't thought of this verse in a while until this week. But it says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereunto, thereto according to thy word. There is a place where God can cleanse the mind and you can be everything that God wants you to be. Some of you have got God over here. You feel him here, but the home is in a place that God feels welcome. Over the years, my wife and I have chosen in January to do fast with our kids, media fast. That takes about, um, I mean, I'd like to have a dollar for every time I heard one of my kids say, Mom, can I see your phone? Dad, can I see your phone? Come on, am I being real? Huh? The phone is very powerful because it has unlimited access to entertainment. I want you to go back and, and watch watch the series that Pastor Cody did on media in the home. I learned it wasn't wise for me to not let my kids have a phone at some point while they're at my house. We waited to 15 or 16 to even allow a phone with our kids. I just do not dare hand a 12-year-old kid a phone. Don't do it. I probably wouldn't have office hours if you all didn't have phones. Phones are chaotic. Phones create access. Phones create confusion. Listen to this preacher. You're not going to hear it taught anywhere else hardly. Although science is going to prove what I'm telling you. A busy mind, God can't speak to it. And media makes the mind so busy. It's constantly moving and God can't speak to a busy mind and he, can't, don't, he doesn't speak to a, a, a weary mind either. He expects you to be balanced and rested. I've taught this many times, but I, we'll go in the month of, of January and say, say, hey, look, we're, we're putting up iPads and video games. We're going to be a screen anywhere access. It takes about five days for them to stop asking or whatever, especially when they're smaller. But after five days, always, prayer meeting breaks out in my house. If there is any fussing, it limits that. Joy is in the home. They come to me individually, not knowing the other one has. Said, I feel so much better. It's like when we do a Daniel's fast, and you'll hear about that tonight. That you feel better when you eat better. Your quietness is scaring me. Dad, did I say something wrong today? I've learned. You talk about the goodness of the Lord, there's great rejoicing. You talk about changing your flesh and disciplining your flesh. It's quiet and hard and awkward. Fasting is like looking forward to a surgery. 
It's beneficial but painful. It was, I think, 2017. We had a, with Paul, we had a, a 30-day fasting from media here. I'll never forget when I said, I don't want anybody to be on Facebook, no video games, no news, nothing. I said, we're not going to do a Daniel's fast this year. We're going to fast media. When I said that, I heard somebody growl. I ain't getting weird about her ever. And uh, we did it. Most people did it. I can't, I can only pass you by permission. You know, every now and then you need a preacher to make you mad, proves you're human, but you still need to be obedient. I mean, that was true. He said, get it out of the walls. Take we did a, a 30 day media fast, and that fifth Sunday, Dad came and preached. We had 12 notable miracles. Do you remember that service? 12 notable miracles for the Clark. In that one service, I mean, mind blowing miracles. Sister Karen Searles was healed of a leaking heart valve and kidney disease. She had level four, level five kidney failure. Was healed in that service. Went back to the doctor, and the doctor said, Hey, which doctor have you been to since you were here last time? She said, I've been to the doctor. What medication did you take? And I'm not taking it. He said, Well, something's happened because your heart's fine and your kidneys are fine. It was God. One year ago, in the month of Christmas, I called a I called a in the middle of the busiest season, called a prayer, a prayer meeting here. And it was so powerful. The next two weeks, we baptized nine people from one of the recovery places here. That's no accident. It's because it's the church being the church. When we did that 30-day fast and had those 12 notable miracles and saw more throughout the year, I went to prayer and I said, God, we didn't do a food fast this year. I said, God, why is it that when we fasted media that you did such great miraculous things among us? He said, because media has hardened the heart of my people. He said, what do you mean? He said, it's like an eggshell around an egg. He said, I put in them everything that they're supposed to be. He said, I put in them compassion and, and gifts of the Spirit and prayerfulness. He said, but it's encapsulated by the hardness of media. He said, and during that fast it broke and everything I put in my people came out. And that's why those things happened. Dad, like you, George Guy called me. Matter of fact, he sent me a text and he said, praying for you today, the Lord told me to tell you that your church had been like an egg inside of an eggshell. Hardened, but it's broken and God's doing what he wants to do right now. Can I ask you a question? Can God do in you right now what he wants to do? Or are you encapsulated? What are you going to go home and do today? I'm going to tell you why we haven't had any shout-down services since the anniversary. Because our minds are entertained minds and not open to minds to God. And he said in his word, if you'll take time to think on these things, things that are true, honest, just. Where's the filter at? Give, give me the filter. That should be my filter. You have your phone on you? One of you? 
get a phone? Everybody's scared to get their phone right now after me preaching. Come here. Get the phone out, Brother Denver. Come here. All right. You turn the phone on. That's how you've got to. careful what's coming out of there. Come on, come over here. That's why I was trying to get in there. Return on the TV. Is it honest? Is it pure? Is it virtuous? Does it cause me to praise? Is it it's, it's, because I promise you, it's wide open right now to clog up everything. Can't stop lusting. Can't get bitterness out of your heart. I'm telling you, tell you, it promotes your flesh, and that's what he nailed to the cross. But I promise you, if you'll get in his word, what serve is lovely, a good report. He said, think on these things. And you're going to be able to pray with thanksgiving. You're going to be able to pray. So my prediction to you as I close, you're going to be upset in the next few weeks. But it'll be worth the fast, what happens soon to follow the fast. When you lift your hands, some of you are going to start today and some of you are going to start on the 10th. But I believe that God is calling us to prayer and fast. You can't pray if you don't fast. I want you to lift your hands right now and let God begin to deal with you. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.